Hello and welcome to That Film Studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. Coming to you from the safety of our own homes, unfortunately we have more release date delays. Amongst all this, Disney has still got another live action remake up their sleeves. More Fast and Furious spin-off mayhem to be had. Space Jam 2 may have its villain. And is the Obi-Wan Kenobi series back on track? But before all that, we do have some more delays due to COVID-19. And I think we can just run through them just to bring people up to date on what actually has been delayed. And we do have the new dates as well. Disney has delayed the release of Mulan. Jungle Cruise, and the fifth Indiana Jones film alongside nearly every planned Marvel movie on its slate. Oh, chaos. (laughs) What is happening? Jungle Cruise, a whole year. But I get it. The Disney parks are closed, and this is a Mm. Disney park ride. So you kind of want to have the ride available for people to go on after they see the movie. That makes sense. I mean... I mean, there's that. There's also the fact that movie theaters in the United States and Canada and all that, like, they're closed. That's the <laughs> obvious one. That is the obvious <laughs> one. But we've got other movies, though. Like, say, you know, we've got all the Marvel movies. Black Widow has now been moved to the 6th of November, but still this year. So what I'm saying with Jungle Cruise, it makes sense that they're going to move it a whole year and not just at the end of the year because they still want it at that peak time for when the parks are open. But the other Marvel movies, we've got Eternals, which is now coming out next year, February 12th. Originally, that was going to be November. So we'd have had Black Widow, I think, in May, and then Eternals in November. So that's now February. It's interesting that this will be Marvel's first year with just one entry, which hasn't happened since, I don't know, Incredible Hulk, maybe. No, Maybe because the first, the first year for MCU, they had both Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk in its first year. Right. And then did they take a year off? Or, and then, or then it was like Thor. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Maybe the following year they did Iron Man 2, and then the next year they did the first Avenger and sure. Thor in the same year. But basically since then, it's, it's been two movies, three movies. It's gotten, it's gotten mental. Black Widow has been patient. She finally <laughs> gets her own movie and it's getting messed around. Um, so all the Nuts. movies have moved. Shang-Chi is now May 7th next year. Doctor Strange 2, November, so the end of next year. And then we've got Thor, Love and Thunder, February 28th, 2022. That is so dead cool. by then, man. Like We're oh, going to be like 50 old. Uh, yeah. Same year in May, we've got Black Panther <laughs> 2, and then July, Captain Marvel 2. So they've just moved wow. their whole schedule. But I guess uh, with the with the Sony um, side of things, obviously they're controlling when... Obviously they're, they're in cahoots, but Spider-Man 3 um, sticking to July 2021. So no delay there. So well, we could get... Looks like we're going to get four Marvel movies. That's true, yeah. If, if Spider-Man does stay there, Disney... Sticks around. That's what yes, he does best. Yes. <laughs> Disney <laughs> has not announced a new release date for the New Mutants, which is the final installment of Fox's X-Men franchise, leaving its future uncertain. Now, I have said many times on the podcast and just to you, I think this movie is just going to be popping up one day on Disney+. Plus. I really do. It, yeah. I mean, this movie was announced, what, 15, 16, 17 years ago? <laughs> the old mutants stage. at this point. I mean, come on. <laughs> They're no longer They're all, new mutants. All of these actors have retired from acting. They're, uh, they've gone on to other things. Um, I, don't, I don't want to say cursed films, but, but damn, this one has had its ride. Artemis Fowl, that will be heading straight to Disney Plus instead of debuting in cinemas in May, as was initially planned. And this is the Kenneth Branagh movie. This looks expensive. Colin Farrell's in there. Mm. They were saying, it's going to be theatrical. We're going to move it to where we need to move it. And it's got to the point where Disney has said, nope, Disney Plus, that's where we're going to have the premiere. Honestly, that's weird. It'll happen. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's interesting that they're doing this with a movie that is, you know, 
was made on that budget um, is supposed to be theatrically released, they could just bump it with the rest of them and, and release it like next year or something or later in the year. But I guess they've made the choice. I don't know, maybe on paper they've looked at something. Maybe there's been some responses to it. Yeah, screenings and stuff like that. Maybe they think it's going to financially bomb anyway. Let's just put it on Disney Plus and have... Disney Plus needs new content regardless. So maybe they're like, let's just use this as collateral and, you know, take one for the team, Artemis Fowl. Take one for the team. We did get play date with Destiny on April 10th, the five-minute Simpsons short. So I think that's been the only recent thing Disney Plus has had that has interested me in quite a and while. And that would have been that would have been really exciting for me if I hadn't seen it at the cinema when I watched Onward. <laughs> and, and I didn't get to see Onward at the cinema, so I'm waiting for Disney Plus. But watching the short, and I've got to say, I've now watched the short twice because yeah. my youngest daughter wanted to watch it again today because she really enjoyed it. And what I did find, it was a fun way to officially welcome The Simpsons to the Disney family. Like the little it opening was. and... It's yeah. Ricky Head, but it's not really. It's Homer and the two donuts. I thought it was sweet. It was it was a good shot. Apparently, there is an upcoming um, new episode of The Simpsons where Maggie actually reunites with um, the the other the little boy baby that's Can't in that show. Okay, That'd be cool. <laughs> tell you what, though, so, I mean, you saw it on the big screen, but even watching it on the TV at home, you could tell the difference in animation quality. Oh, not sure, like. It looked fantastic. It really yeah, just like watching the Simpsons movie. Like it's always it's always daunting when I watch the Simpsons on the big screen. It freaks me out. Um, but yeah, it, the, the quality is amazing. So that was our little review, I guess. Of there you <laughs> go. Played out with Destiny. Worth watching. We've kind of touched on Sony already with Spider Man Three, but they've they've had some big news, and I'm upset. I am upset, but I completely understand why. Sony Pictures has moved all of their 2020 summer releases to next year. And of course, I'm talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife. They are moving it to March 5th. That movie was so close. All the movies that they've moved, Peter Rabbit 2, that's now going to be January next year. And Morbius will be March 19th, 2021. Mental. What's weird, like with Morbius, um, it was supposed to come out before Venom 2, um, but now apparently Venom 2 is still on its you know current release schedule, so that will actually come out before Morbius. So who knows if there was any sort of thing behind the scenes of uh, you know, what else, you know, they're connecting to the bigger Marvel Universe and stuff like that, if there was uh, chronologically, yes. has something been thrown out or does it not matter? Is there nothing that important? So it could be more than just rescheduling. There could be an actual story reason why Morbius now comes mm-hmm. after. Oh, no, I mean, maybe there isn't a story reason. Oh, okay. And it, therefore, it doesn't matter if he comes could after. Could just rescheduling. Yeah, whatever. Um, but Ghostbusters is very uh, disappointing. Um, Rob and I were going to do a... Well, we still are. We were going to do the original Ghostbusters in one of our Rewind and Review episodes. Um, and then Ghostbusters got delayed. We're still going to do it because we're just like, whatever, we're doing it. It's the right choice. It's a good opportunity to celebrate the movie's 36th anniversary. So I completely <laughs> support your decision. I already delayed it from last year. It's 35th anniversary because of this new You've movie. You've just got to do it. You can always repost it next year. That's it. We have that power. As well as Venom 2, Monster Hunter also keeping its release date. And that's the Miller Djokovic Tony Jaa monster action movie. So if you're interested in that movie, good news. The release date has not <laughs> been moved. A Quiet Place Part yes. 2 officially has a new release date, September 4th, still this year. So that's good news. So we don't have to wait that's until up. next year for the sequel. Jordan Peele's Candyman has been pushed back to September. So again, still this year. But it still looks like we're getting a few early Halloween movies, all these September horrors, which is because <laughs> just put them out in October. Just let us have some some horror in October. I reckon that's you know what I don't know. that is a good point. But September's good. September's good. I'm happy with that. And that's it. That's our little COVID nineteen release date update. And you Catch know what? <laughs> all those dates. 
could change. So tune in next time and we will tell you the new dates. The amended list. The amended <laughs> list. There. Okay. So let's start off the show like we always like to do with trailer talk. And just one trailer this time, Extraction. What did you think? Well, made me chuckle. So this, and the reason why it made me chuckle, okay, so it is not a funny trailer. It's not. But this is a Chris Hemsworth action movie produced by the Russo brothers. And it's essentially Hemsworth teaming up with his little kid or not so much teaming up, rescuing this little kid. And it was just reminding me of our recent reviews of adults teaming up with kids, whether it's (laughs) Coffee and Kareem, My Spy, what is going on? Why is this? I kind of figured Extraction would be a movie that we review. It's yep. getting very samey. Um, yeah. Um, besides that, yeah, that's um, I got that as well. Um, besides that, you know, Netflix hasn't really had a good run of, um, I guess, original films uh, doing all that well in terms of entertaining um, us. Um, this looks okay. It does. I think the fact okay. that it's the fact that it's it's not a comedy, so I don't think it's going to be relying on that odd couple buddy kind of <laughs> flick um, motif thing. But uh, yeah, I think it, it's a it's a serious film of sorts. It is it actually looks pretty decent. We've talked about lately. It's yeah, an yeah. Adult and a kid, and they're your main but, characters. And here but again, we are again, they're all comedies as well. So that the difference here is that there it is. It is serious. And like I said, the, the action looks pretty decent. Chris Hemsworth looks like he's doing Chris Hemsworth stuff. Um, Aussie. Aussie accent. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not putting anything on there. He's just, he's just bringing, he's just doing easy day for him, I reckon. <laughs> it looks okay. It looks all right. But, you know, I think Netflix has that stigma to it where it's, oh, it's an original Netflix movie. All right. Until they start to buck that trend and prove me wrong and prove that they that, that it's worth watching original content from them. I don't know. No, you give me your thoughts of the, of the trailer. <laughs> I think this looks fine, but you're right. Like Netflix movies do have a certain look to them. Unless it's The Irishman or these bigger movies that they've done. But this, I don't know, it looks slightly more higher end than other Netflix movies, but I'm just a bit wary about the Russo brothers producing because we know like the Captain America movies, the Avengers movies, like they put out good films. But if we look at what else they produced and casting Avengers in the leads as well, I've not seen 21 Bridges yet, but it looks fine, mm. not amazing. And then they've teamed up with Tom Holland. He's going to be the lead actor in one of their movies that they're producing. And now we've got Hemsworth here. I'm just not sure. I think they're going to put out movies that are fine. And I'll watch this. But I'm not really excited about it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It looks fine. Not excited. I agree with that. Movie news then, I guess. Seven Friends... George Miller's Justice League. So we're going to start with a documentary. I don't think we've done that before on the podcast. <laughs> After being dormant for years, the Justice League Mortal documentary will resume production with new title, Seven Friends, George Miller's Justice League. It will center around the rise and fall of director George Miller's failed 2007 team-up film, Justice League Mortal. The film will feature interviews from cast and crew along with looks at unseen production art, photography and video footage documenting the pre-production. I really want this to happen. They've talked about doing it for a while now. I mentioned it's got a new title. Ryan Unicomb and filmmaker Jordan Bailey will serve as producers. A fundraising campaign is expected to launch in July. So I'm not quite sure where they're going to launch that whether it's kickstarter or who knows indiegogo thinking kickstarter is probably the way to go but i don't know i would love to see a documentary about this like we've seen so many things released so far like this was a movie that had ozzy megan gale as wonder woman army hammer as batman 
Adam Brody from the OC as the Flash. It makes me think of um, you know that documentary about um, Superman Lives. You know what happened or whatever it's called, um, and that was you know that Nicolas Cage Superman movie, oh. Tim Burton. Yeah. Like what's going on, and uh, just watching that documentary, the story about behind that movie that just never took off. Like they were into production, like so pretty pre-production. I mean, uh, pretty heavy, and it's such an interesting story. So to find out about this this Justice League Mortal movie, which I think if you if you if you're pretty into your yeah your comic book movies and stuff, you would have heard about this um, this movie. And I, I guess it never obviously coming to to existence very interesting oh yeah i've got a lot of interest in this so far george miller isn't in any way associated with this but who knows that could change it's a once they once they get things off the ground yeah and he's an australian based production so who knows but i'm definitely going to be paying close attention to this one um justice league Dark Apocalypse War will be the final film in Warner Brothers' current DC animated movie universe. Um, for 13 years, the DC Universe movies have arrived two to four times each year, some in various continuities, others as one-offs. Um, the only thing stopping is James Tucker's six-year run of Justice League continuity. More movies are coming. That's the important thing to note there. More movies mm. are coming. So when this news was first announced, people were reporting on the DC animated movies stopping completely. No, I wouldn't. That's not the case. I mean, it's no, the continuity that. that spun out of uh, the Flashpoint paradox and started with Justice League War. So Jerry O'Connell as Superman, Jason O'Mara as Batman. So that's, that's, the, that's all like... That's like the the death of Superman movie. The all of them, fun of Batman, all of that. Yeah, that like stopping. All. Other things will continue, but we were just saying though that you know with the latest Wonder Woman movie, Bloodlines, Batman Hush, and oh, uh, Superman, yeah. they given them proper costumes. Like they moved away from the New Fifty Two designs, and it's all going to end. We're in a good place. We're in a good place. Uh, on on one positive note though of that happening it's like it's interesting because it's like okay cool they can focus on the one-offs which have usually been pretty decent or at least enjoyable or they can start a new continuity um i'm thinking hey i could get a box set now of all the movies within this continuity which would be pretty cool now yeah that yeah a, that's good now we do it so i hope they at least do that for me i still need son of batman on blu-ray <laughs> I've got every other animated DC movie starting with Superman Doomsday on Blu-ray. That is the only DVD I have. So if Put a call out to people if anyone comes across what, Son of Batman. I need it. I need it on, on Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Yeah, that's the one. If anyone has it, Batman. sees it, can source it, send it to Luke. I do need on it. The- <laughs> but yeah, but they're the continuing though. So the James yeah. Tucker in continuity series will be stopping... With this movie, which I'm getting a Avengers Endgame vibe from this, you know, whether the comparisons could be drawn between John Constantine and Doctor Strange, I'm excited for this movie. And it's said to feature the most DCU characters on screen that we've seen before in this series of films. It's going to bring them all together. Does it make sense to end it on a Justice League Dark Film? Well, it is just as dark, but it's bringing yeah. everybody in it. Like, you know, I, I do think that Superman is going to be a main player. You know, I said, you know, when we did our review of Avengers Endgame, like, I've got no intention of stopping watching the MCU movies, but I feel as though with that movie, if you were going to stop at any point, that would be a good time to stop. So I agree that maybe if it was Justice League, Apocalypse War would have made more sense, but they're going to be putting emphasis on the darker characters, but still bring Batman, Robin, everyone else into this film. I've got to be honest, I think I'm more excited for it knowing that they're ending this in continuity series of films because they can kind of do anything now. They don't need to That's keep it. anybody around. So you feel like mm. going into this movie, there can be genuine stakes. 
because there's nothing else coming after it for the first time. Oh, pretty much <laughs> in this continuity anyway. Ant-Man 3, moving on from DC to Marvel. Ant-Man 3 has found its writer in Rick and Morty writer, Jeff Loveness. Yes. He's a writer and co-producer on Rick and Morty, a show that I do enjoy. Um, Paul Rudd and director Peyton Reed are expected to return. And I do believe I read something online that Rudd had actually submitted a draft for the movie, which clearly isn't happening because they've gone to Loveness. Right. Yeah, I, I, interesting. I guess. Um, but anyway, maybe either way, there might be some might be some story elements that Paul Rudd had up his sleeves that he's thinking yeah, these would be good. Either way, Ant Man <laughs> is getting a second sequel, and who f- thought that was going to happen? <laughs> like that first Ant Man movie was fun, but for yeah. it to get a sequel, oh wow, I didn't see that coming, and now it's getting a third movie. Of course you saw a sequel coming. They're all getting sequels and they all need their little trilogies. Um, but I think the Ant-Man, the Ant-Man films are the lowest returns, uh, box offices-wise, for the MCU, um, except for The Incredible Hulk, of course. Um, I think yeah. budget-wise as well, I think they'd have a smaller budget, you'd think, compared to some of the bigger movies. Mm. So maybe it's, it's, you know, it's got to be affordable somehow because you're right, the box office return isn't as high as those other and still, still amazing. Don't get me wrong, like, but just not as you know. They're not eight hundred million, nine hundred million, billion dollar movies, anything like that. Um, but Disney, you no, know, they're still doing what they're doing. Um, and live action remakes is something that they are still doing as well. Robin Hood is the next uh, victim. I mean, uh, the next project they've got. Um, <laughs> oh, no, you was right the first time. Live action CG hybrid film. Um, this is in development for Disney Plus. Uh, the musical is being written by 2019's Lady and the Tramp writer, Curry Granland. So, yes, we all know the, you know, the Robin Hood, the fox, and the, I don't know, Princess Queen Mary, whatever her name is. Maid Marion. Come on. Maid Marion. I don't know. Well, Sherwood Forest, all of that. I, um, I grew up really enjoying this interpretation <laughs> of Robin Hood, so it was really fun. I've not gone back to it in a number of years. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're going to the guy who did Lady and the Tramp, and that was fine. That was a good adaption. I just, I don't know. I mean, this is not the Lion King. So they're essentially humanoid animals. That's what's weird about it. It's like, is, I mean, that works as a cartoon because it's like, okay, look, animals as people kind of thing, you know, it's like, eh, cute. Um, but when, you know, suddenly you're making a big. Uh, I don't know, you, you, Disney Plus, so maybe it's not going to be big budget, but, you know, it's still a big Disney project. Yeah, CG hybrid. So they're obviously going to lean into the animal humanoid characters. So you're going to get your fox as, uh, as Robin Hood. It's strange. I think I don't know if, if, if this was going to be on the big me. screen, <laughs> okay. if this was going to be on the big screen, I reckon Disney would say it's going to be live action. But they're, they're playing it safe with what they're saying here by saying it's a live-action CG hybrid. So they're not going full Lion King. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's like even with the, light, no, the Lady and the Tramp, it was real dogs right. and they just animated the mouse like in Babe. And it mm. works really well. I mean, you can't do that with this yeah. because it's like animals walking upright. And, yeah. and I get what you're saying. With, with the Lion King, it was they were calling it live-action when it was like, you know, 90% of it was animated. <laughs> so in our review, it just looked photorealistic. I did say in, in the review, and this, was, this came from the mouth of John Favreau himself, there is one frame of live action in the whole movie. Yes. That's it. One frame is the yeah. opening. That is it. The rest of it is just CGI. They set up playing games. I don't know. But, but yeah, this project, it, it, it sounds kind of terrifying. Will it be like Cats? Will it be something different? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I just don't know, mate. I don't know. Next story. <laughs> I don't know nothing else. Ryan Reynolds is in talks to star in and produce Dragon's Lair, which will be a film for Netflix. Are you familiar with this computer game at all? Um, no. Um, even when I heard about this, I didn't even go to the effort of looking this up, I, but I've got no idea. I did used to play, and it used to be a stop-start game. 
like so now you've got a lot of cut scenes in games well now right. for a long time you have for many years it's one of those things where but, it's like there'll be a question or something will come up on the screen you've got to select your options yeah. or i mean this game came out in 19, 1983 so whenever there was a cut scene in the game it re- it stops the game and took you out of it you'd see the animation play out and then you'd have the loading dial and then you go back to the gameplay Dragon's Lair featured animation by ex-Disney animator Don Bluth and is considered one of the top arcade games of all time. Like, it does still stand up and there's fans of this game. Like, the animation, like, Don Bluth, like he went on to Thumbelina and heaps of other things. And the quality of animation really is phenomenal. Even now, if you go back and look at it, like the quality is there. But now we're going to get it as a movie, and Ryan Reynolds is in talks to star. Sure. Oh, I don't know. It sounds like a good vehicle for Ryan Reynolds uh, to do what he does best, I guess. Um, Space Jam 2, we've got reportedly a villain uh, to be played by Don, Don Cheadle. Thoughts? There's not a lot of news at the moment, so <laughs> that's news. Yeah, I like Don Cheadle. He's good. Have you seen Don Cheadle as a villain before? I can't think of a role coming to mind. Fantastic good question. For some Dark reason, my mind just went to the movie after... No? Is it After the Sunset, Pierce Brosnan? I don't even know if Cheadle's in that. I don't know if I've seen him as a villain. I really <laughs> don't know. <laughs> the closest was, I think, Family Man with Nicolas Cage. He was a bit of a dick in that. That's about okay, it. But I yeah. think... I think he was an angel or some sort. I don't know. Some I don't know. Well, he was Santa. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, here we go. This could be something new Not for really. him then. But apparently, yeah, he's, he's in talks for the villain. Um, Dwayne Johnson confirms Hobbs and Shaw 2 is in development. So that's good. We know that Hobbs won't be returning to a future Fast and Furious installment. You know, the Fast and Furious proper films. Um, famously, him and Vin Diesel did not get along. Um, yeah, so we're getting a sequel. So that's interesting. So I didn't know until Johnson mentioned recently that that's something that they were looking at. I mean, Johnson is especially is always so busy doing everything, whether it's movies, TV, going back to WWE. Being one of the one of the few um, Fast and Furious movies that I've uh, I've actually watched. Um, Hobson Shaw, there, there was a few loose ends with things. There was a tease of a like a villainous character and unseen. So I guess that needs to be addressed. I don't know if it would fit to maybe have as this sort of series progresses, you could get crossovers back to the, you know, the proper franchise characters crossing over and stuff. Maybe not Hobbs and or Shaw, but supporting characters, villains that sort of come about. They could do some fun stuff. Because that's what they do. The Fast and Furious is all about the fun, right? It's all fun. And not stopping. They just keep making more. That's the mm. thing. They'll just keep making these movies. If I was trying furiously. They're, they're making them. <laughs> when I was trying to come up with a, or thinking of a potential episode title for this movie show, I did have the idea of calling it Two Hobbs, Two Shaw. If you're a Fast <laughs> and Furious fan, you know where I'm going <laughs> <laughs> Too fast I'm not a fan and I know where you're going mm, it's cool. a potential um, title if you're listening to this episode you already know what it's called that's that's it all right so everyone's been everyone's been treated to a bit of self-isolation I think recently uh Nicole Kidman's self-isolation horror film The Others um is actually getting a remake uh the remake is going to be a modern day reimagining of the original fan of the original I watched it at the cinema, really enjoyed it. I remember seeing that trailer when you had Nicole Kidman going into that darkened room to see her daughter. And she got mm. closer, what she thought was her daughter. There's like an old arm and hand reaching out, playing with a toy, freaky as. And this was, I think it was like uh, in the UK, maybe a PG over 12. Like it wasn't like a 15 or an 18. And it did have some genuine jump scares in it, some good moments. I like the original. What about you? We got a new one. <laughs> Oh, we are getting a new one, but do you like yes. the others? Um, I remember, yeah, I remember it was more of a, gave me the chills, yeah. um, more so than anything. Like, it wasn't intense or anything, but it was it was a worthy sort of like, oh, that movie kind of made me a bit uncomfortable. I don't remember it too well, other than sort of how I felt about it. 
um, like detail-wise plots and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I remember it being pretty creepy. I mean, there so, was a twist that I won't say here, just in case they remake that twist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. Good plan. Salem's Lot, is that one that you're familiar with? Nope. This is... I, mean, I, I, I know of it, but no, I, I don't know the story. Okay. Well, Gary Dauberman, he directed Annabelle Comes Home, and he was a writer-producer on the recent It movies, like various other recent horror movies. And well, he will adapt Stephen King's vampire novel for the big screen. Originally published in 1975, Salem's Lot concerns a writer named Ben Mears, who discovers that his hometown of Jerusalem's Lot is being taken over by vampires. Never read the book, never watched mm-hmm. that first movie. So, yeah, cool. I will be checking this one out. So it sounds like you know as much as I know, <laughs> which, is, which is good. Uh, we talked about a Stephen King movie resurgence or like, you know, Stephen King has arrived well, the last year or the year before. Um, but too, too many hit and misses that we're thinking, you know, maybe it's not his, uh, not his time to shine all his properties. This could be a turning point. Who knows? It Who could knows? be. Are you um, watching The Outsider, the HBO no. show? No. Oh, I am halfway. It is incredible. Is it Stephen King? Is it? It's yeah. It's based on a Stephen King novel, right. and it's okay. absolutely fantastic. And Jason Bateman is in the cast. He directs the first two episodes, and yeah, like I can't go as far as recommending it because I'm only halfway through the season. But so far, wow, it is very very good. But you're right though. That's Stephen King. Hits and misses. Hits and misses. All right. Uh, that's it for all the movie news. Um, we'll go on to TV news. The new Stargirl TV series will feature The Flash and Green Lantern. How would you like that? So this is Well, damn, that's exciting. TV series that is a DC Universe show, but will also be airing on the CW, but isn't connected to the Arrowverse. So when I say The Flash, it's actually Jay Garrick, the original Flash. Is that the universe he was from in this? Earth 2. Right. So we've had sure. Earth 2 appear before in the Arrowverse, but they're going to keep the show separate, even though they did show it blink back into existence. Minor spoiler for Crisis on Infinite Earths, of course, the five-part crossover. But Stargirl will be her own show. And yeah, the Green Lantern will be Alan Scott. So we're talking Golden Age heroes, and the Justice Society of America. Stargirl is set to follow Breck Bassinger's Courtney Whitmore on a reborn Earth 2 as she discovers her stepfather, Pat Dugan's superhero past. So I'm interested in the show and playing Pat Dugan, we have Luke Wilson, who I've always liked. Yeah, um, interesting. And yeah, obviously we're getting... The Flash again, but it's like said, different. And Green Lantern, so have, exciting as well. We've had Jay Garrick, the Flash, on the Arrowverse shows, but he was mm. played by John Wesley Ship, so it will not be that. So this is a brand new thing they're starting with Stargirl, and they will build okay. their own continuity with that show. Um, Superman and Lois. Now that one's in continuity with the Arrowverse. It is, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, well, good. Um, Superman and Lois has found the Arrowverse's new General Sam Lane in Blue Blood star Dylan Walsh. Um, Emmanuel Triqui from Entourage uh, is set to play Lana Lang as a series regular. Uh, we've got Eric Valdez from General Hospital has been cast as Kyle Cushing, the husband of Lana Lang. Um, Vidal's Cushing is Smallville's fire chief and local hero who's seen his fair share of tragedy. Um, small town raised with small town beliefs. Kyle doesn't care much for the big city and often butts heads with people that come from it. So a few casting bits there. I'm really excited for the show. I mean, Superman is my favorite superhero. So whether it's on the big screen or the small screen, I'm always going to be excited for more Superman. And I was thinking like, with Arrow finishing, I always found that Oliver Queen was the 
older hero. He always seemed older than Kara, than Barry. And he's finished up. And it seems like what they were looking to do was replace the vigilante character of Green Arrow with Batwoman. And Ruby Rose is growing on me more in that show, but she still doesn't fill that mold. But now we're getting Tyler Hecklin coming back with his own series in Superman and Lois. I think he can fill that older superhero void. Like no Oliver Queen, but we've got this older hero, someone for characters like The Flash and Supergirl to look up to. The show in general, I'm really looking forward to. You mentioned the cast Lana Lang, not a redhead. She's always been a redhead in the <laughs> comics, and I get it. Actors often look different to what's on the page. Um, but yeah, I'm not too familiar with her work, but I'm sure she'll be fine. In General Hospital, that's that long-running daytime US soap, isn't it? I think so. Is it a yeah, soap? Yeah, and the guys on that, I'm pretty TV sure it's a, it's a daytime show. Uh, but yeah, I like it. More than anything, I'm excited for casting news because I, I was worried with everything that's going on right now. Shows are getting delayed and, you know, there's a lot of things happening, but this is a show that seems to be still happening. So good. I'm looking forward to it. Superman on a weekly basis. Bring it on. I've got a rumor for The Mandalorian. It's nothing more than a rumor. What I can't always say, good. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis was spotted on the set. Read into that what you will. Maybe she's in season two, maybe she's not. But either way, it's cool that she was on set. Hopefully she does play could've a part. Could have just been visiting, you know. People do Literally that. Literally could have just been that. <laughs> but we're light on news. Not a lot's been happening. <laughs> Uh, but let me move on to Obi-Wan Kenobi then. Um, the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series with Ewan McGregor is back on track at Disney+. Plus. Um, John Wick Chapter 3 producer Joby Harold has been brought in to write the show. So, yeah, we had a bit of a, bit of a hiccup there. There was um, a few delays for bits and pieces. I can't remember them, but I don't know. We talked Some about issues. this recently. I think one of the things that was being talked about is how similar this show was to the first season of The Mandalorian. And that's what led to a lot of the rewrites. So they wanted to do uh, something different. Like they don't or... essentially right. just want to make the same show again, but focus on a different character. Okay, that's good. <laughs> it's back on track. That's, um, that's good to hear. Now, this next thing we're going to talk about, I'm very excited for, and I literally found out about it yesterday. It's a new Disney Plus series, Prop Culture. It gives fans the chance to go inside the archives and uncover some of its greatest treasures. Over eight episodes, host collector Jan Lanigan goes on the hunt to find costumes, set designs, music and props on films like Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl and The Nightmare Before Christmas, as well as Tron, The Muppet Movie, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Chronicles of Narnia and... Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, and Mary Poppins. So they're covering a hell of a lot in that first season. And I love this stuff. Disney Plus, for me personally, have not been delivering with new content. (laughs) Right. But this sounds like something made for me. So I'm really excited about this. And maybe it could be the start of something new. It's a peek behind the curtain of like, you know, the movies we grew up watching and, you know, even though there are a few old ones there, but, you know, we still grow up and we watch them and stuff like that. But the props from the, you know, the, just things. And we'll be able to, they'll talk about them and we'll be able to enjoy the bits and pieces. And we're, ah, oh, we know that thing. And we're, very exciting. I love these little, these little behind the scene kind of things. Um, and yeah, hopefully it's, uh, hopefully it's a bit of fun. Not just, <laughs> not just, hey, look at this, look at Mary Poppins' bag. Hopefully there's a bit more to it than just well, that. The host, I mentioned Dan Lanigan is a fan, like not just a host, a fan and a collector themselves. So he'll be exciting to to watch him sort of freak out over things. One more thing as well. I didn't note down the exact release date. I think it may be the 1st of May, but what's interesting... I think I'd seen that as well, yeah. Yeah, okay. So let's say 1st of May. What's interesting with this show, it's going to be the first Disney Plus original series to drop the whole series in one go. 
Oh, so they're trying that now, eh? <laughs> okay, cool. Um, there's a there's a reboot of Doogie Howser MD in the works at Disney Plus. Um, the new show will focus on a 16 year old half Asian, half white woman who is a doctor in Hawaii. The working title: Doogie Kiloa MD. Doesn't quite have the same ring to it. That's fine. <laughs> Did you see the show at all? Like I never watched this growing up. No, and the only reason the only reason I know of it was through How I Met Your Mother. Obviously, uh, finding out about Neil Patrick Harris, and then sort of looking into works that he has done, and you know, all that kind of thing led me to it. But still, never watched any of it. Never watched an episode. But yeah, I guess. So is it was a popular series for me. How sure. and Kuma go to White Castle? That's where I first heard of Dougie Hauser MD because Neil Patrick Harris is in that mm. movie playing a version of himself. And they they talk about him, yeah, obviously being Dougie Hauser. I probably I think I probably had the same experience. Yeah, and you know what? I can honestly say never seen an episode every life. <laughs> We're the same, but I don't know. I think I think sixteen year old is older than what the Doogie Howser character was. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. I've seen pictures. Yeah, he was he was a little kid, wasn't he? So basically, same premise. You got a young person playing a doctor. Sure. <laughs> okay. And it's set in Hawaii, I guess. Yeah. How exciting. Yeah. I don't <laughs> anyway. Anyway, it's a thing. It's a, um. It's a thing. I've got some Law and Order news. Have you noticed that? That's. <laughs> Never happened before, um, and, then, and not just that. It is a Law and Order SVU spin-off. Did I just hear you do the dun dun? I did. Can we do it again? Did. Dun, dun. That's the <laughs> runner-up for the episode title. <laughs> what dun dun? Can you spell it? Yes, can I can. D U N D U N. Anyway. Dun dun. Christopher Maloney will reprise his role as Elliot Stabler in an upcoming Law and Order SVU spin-off series. So he was a popular character on that show and he's gonna come back once again playing Elliot. I've gotta be honest, I know nothing about Law and Order. I know it's a thing. Uh, Dick Wolf, who produces all these shows, he's yeah. just signed this like new deal it's going to go on forever and they're going to keep making them. Uh, but I do generally really like Christopher Maloney. So I'm happy about his success and he's obviously playing a fan favorite character and he's got his own show. Um, I actually know his character from, from SVU, which is good. <laughs> that's as far as I know. Um, yeah. That's as far as I could contribute to this. All else um, I've got to say yeah. is Lauren order is always a good show. You could okay. just, I'll never be able to watch every episode ever, um, but it's a good show. You can just you can just tune into an odd episode here and there and get sucked in and whatever. That's it. I've um, never seen a whole episode. Never, never <laughs> seen a whole episode. My my wife, um, <laughs> Law and Order. It's always about. It always comes back to like the courtroom and stuff, right? In most cases. So, and she's the same. She always would tune into like the beginning of the episode where you, you either see the crime, or you see the crime be discovered, you know, a dead body or something like that. And then there's the cops investigating and all that. And that's usually as far as people get. And I'm like, you know, the majority of the show is them in a courtroom. She's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, yeah. Law and Order. That's what it's about. <laughs> it's like the courtroom. You have the show Jag, which was mm. courts, but for Navy personnel yeah and then they did the spin-off ncis and i was always more interested in ncis because they were actually doing stuff and not just yeah that was action oriented where jag yeah jag again was all just courtroom drama but yeah what is oh well that was a bit of sidetrack um (laughs) (laughs) where are we even um jerry seinfeld stand-up special already sounds exciting um so uh, jerry Seinfeld is bringing some more laughs to Netflix with his latest stand-up special, 23 Hours to Kill. Uh, Netflix is launching the hour-long special on the 5th of May. The title is a reference to a line often repeated by Seinfeld that stand-ups spend one hour a day on stage and the rest of the day waiting for that moment. 
Great comedian, great title. I'm getting the impression, forgive me if I'm wrong, you're not a fan of Seinfeld. No, I, no, I like Seinfeld. Okay, right, okay. I enjoy the Seinfeld, yeah. Right, okay. What, your stand-up or, or the Seinfeld TV show? Well, this, I, I'll admit I'm more of the, of the Seinfeld TV series, the TV show. Um, I haven't actually seen much of his stand-up, but I feel like through watching the Seinfeld show... That pretty much is his stand-up. I, yeah. So when yeah, you see the little think, segments in the sitcom, that's, that's his stand-up. That's his you, style. That's what okay. he does. And you I'm also seeing... You didn't seem too happy about the news. No, right. this is exciting. Okay. I'm generally exciting. really excited. I think around about the same time as well, Pat and Oswald, he's got a new stand-up. But um, yeah, like, you know, Jerry doing a new stand-up and I like the title. So I'm generally excited about this one. That's good. Uh, keeping it Netflix, Lock and Key has officially been renewed for season two, which is good. I did enjoy that first season. Yes, I'm halfway through it. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it somewhat. It's it's okay. So, but no, I expected. I, I heard things were going well with it. So, I, yeah, not surprised that season two is coming. It was quite a short season as well, wasn't it? How many episodes? It's, it's not more than ten, is it? It's quite short. I think it was. Was it? Is it? It's probably is 10, 8, 10, okay. something like that. One of those. I remember no, I watching know. it in a quite short. I watched it in a short period of time. I enjoyed it. It's good. Maybe I am more than halfway. I think I'm on like episode six. I mean, I'm almost done. <laughs> um, all right. That's it for all of the news. Um, we'll do our recommends. What have you got for us? I'm going to recommend a TV series, Hitman. It is a Sky original TV series, Sky being the English equivalent of Foxtel here in Australia. As Sue Perkins and Mel Gidrice are back together, but this time they won't be commenting on Soggy Bottoms. And I'm sure you picked up uh, that was a reference <laughs> to the Great British Bake Off, where they were both presenters <laughs> on that show back in the sure. UK. But they moved away from that, though. This is something very different. Hitmen is about two best friends trying to make their way in the world with only each other to rely on. They also just happen to kill people for a living. <laughs> As each hit goes south, our anti-heroes are thrown into one bizarre misadventure after another, each full of oddball characters and unexpected dilemmas. This show is a lot of fun. And it took me a while to get going with it in that first episode because, again, these are two presenters from the first couple of series of The Great British Bake Off. Both comedians in their own right, but that's mainly what I knew them from. But, yeah, both are really funny in this. The show is essentially them two, often bickering, and then other characters will come in and out. But when it's violent, it's super violent. Uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. Very British. Six episodes in total, 20 minutes each. It's a quick watch, uh, but it's a really good show. So Hitman, a Sky original. Fantastic. Um, it's been a few weeks since we've done a, a movie show, and in that time, I've surprisingly come across a few things I want to recommend. We can only pick one. Um, so I've, I've, I've gone with a movie. Every now and then, I come across a little gem where I was just like, that is... That was something else, and that was an experience. Now, the movie is called Vivarium. Um, it's a science fiction thriller film directed by Lorcan Finnegan. Uh, we've got um, Imogen Poots and Jesse Eisenberg. I do warn you, if you are suffering from uh, quarantine, self-isolation, all that sort of stuff, cabin fever, don't watch this. <laughs> but otherwise, go for it. Basically, the premise is you've got this um, this young couple, Poots and Eisenberg. They go with a real estate agent, or they meet the real estate agent to this new sort of housing development. They're looking for a new house. Um, halfway through the viewing, the developer disappears, and they find themselves trapped in this sort of maze kind of thing um, with these houses um they're pretty much all alone there's no one else there it's just the two of them um and then there's this kid that shows up and he's just freaky this movie made me feel uncomfortable unnerving loved it it's fantastic um yeah creepy stuff i won't say any more about it because you should watch it and discover all the twists and turns and the freakiness of it I've seen the trailer. The trailer looks really good. And this is coming from somebody that just doesn't necessarily enjoy 
the works of Jesse Eisenberg, but that looks like <laughs> a decent movie. So, okay, cool. I'll, um, I'll give it a go. Sounds good. Yeah. Just throw some money at it when you, when you can. Um, all right, before we finish up, we've got a little bit of trivia and you, you, you questioned my love for Seinfeld, um, but I've got some Seinfeld trivia. Oh, wow. And of course, cool. re- related to the, the TV show. So yeah, oh. screw you. Um, <laughs> I just listen, listen. You you didn't sound <laughs> too enthusiastic about the news, but you're okay, I apologize. Right. Um, Jerry Seinfeld actually turned down an offer from NBC um, that would have him uh, have made him one hundred and ten million dollars for the tenth season of the show. Man did not need that money. He says did not need it. I've got a little bit of Steven Spielberg trivia as well connected to it so we know the producer and director steven spielberg um he once commented that while filming schindler's list from 1993 um he actually got so depressed that he would watch tapes of of seinfeld and that would actually cheer him up whilst he was on set it's a nice little story there and i'm gonna throw it over to sorry bear with me um newman Jerry Seinfeld says hello Newman 17 times in the entire series. And I genuinely thought he said it more. 117. <laughs> Surely. Yeah, no, right? I agree. Yeah, I've, yeah, I should he just... say he only says it 17 wow. times, which is I, I shocking. I thought it was way more than that. Yeah, because it's just yeah. it's one of the lines you associate with the show. Have you watched Curb Your Enthusiasm? Bits, uh, the odd episode here. And there, it yeah. is amazing larry david is great in that it is such a good show but i think it was season seven where they did a seinfeld reunion season and all the cast were in it and they were making a new seinfeld within that show well worth mental i'm just about to finish i think it's season 10 like the latest season of curb your enthusiasm and it is just phenomenal. Like it has not ten seasons it is so good it is really really good I still thought that was relatively a new show. <laughs> no, not at all. It's been going for a while. Wow. And it's brilliant. I think it maybe I five, it. six. But... No, way more. I think, honestly, I'm pretty sure it's season 10. All right, cool. Uh, well, that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Films You Podcast. And all our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmsdupodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Coffee and Kareem out now on Netflix. Um, the movie, not our review. Uh, Sounds Like Comics have a recent episode looking at HBO's Watchmen series. And Rewind and Review recently went back to 1990 with Tremors. Stay tuned for our upcoming review of Disney Pixar's Onward. And if you missed it, check out our latest movie review in association with Video Easy, My Spy. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film studio. See you soon.